The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Oh, 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 baby. What is up? Buffalo Fanatics. Z-Bot here with you. Monday night, live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. It can only mean one thing. It is the smoke break. Fresh off a Super Bowl 57, fresh off of Patrick Mahomes' second Super Bowl championship. His second Super Bowl MVP, the first quarterback, the first player, rather, to win an MVP and go on to win the Super Bowl in the same year since Kurt Warner in 1999. If you had doubts about the Kansas City Chiefs being a dynasty before yesterday, your doubts are completely invalid today. Kansas City wins an all-timer that was an absolute classic until it wasn't. 38-35 year final from Arizona in a game that was terrific. And it ended in a way that deserved so much better. It deserved so much better and it was an absolute travesty to watch a game of that magnitude and the way it did. But (laughs) that's exactly what happened. And it tends to go this way, it seems. It seems as though every time there's a great game, a great buildup, there's always something that happens that overshadows how good the game is. And that's, in my opinion, what happened last night as the Chiefs would go on to beat the Eagles in an incredible comeback in a game where it felt as though The Eagles were not only the better team going into it, it felt throughout the majority of that game, they were the better team within it. Um, A lot to break down in this game. Uh, Plenty of thoughts I have personally on the game itself. And of course, the theatrics, there seems to be a lot of controversy surrounding a lot of different things from last night. But we'll start with the game itself. Or actually, we'll start with the Super Bowl party. I'm sure plenty of you guys, uh, you had a party of some sort last night. You got together with some people. I got together with uh, all of my girlfriend's family, and then uh, it was at her brother's place. So he had all his friends over, and then the fam was over. For starters, we're talking food, which, of course, is like it's the most important aspect of the Super Bowl. Uh, unbelievable. My girlfriend's brother's got a smoker. He did a he did a 10-pound brisket for like 14 hours. Oh, my God. And then he... Uh, couple of racks of ribs in the smoker too. That was just incredible. And then he's got this buddy who owns a pizza shop down the road uh, from where they live. And as you know, I'm very skeptical, skeptical about chicken wings outside of upstate New York. Very, my, my criteria goes way up because a bad wing in upstate New York is typically a good wing anywhere else. Um, but he has this buddy who owns a pizza shop down the road. He brings over the fryer. This dude whipped up some of the best wings I've had since moving out of upstate New York. It was phenomenal. And he made, I think, 10 dozen of them. So there was like well over 100 wings out on the the platter with all this smoked meat, buff chick dip. It was phenomenal. So from the viewing standpoint, the food standpoint, which of course is obviously one of the most important elements, it was phenomenal. Now, here's my biggest gripe. And... By the way, if you're wondering what kind of night it was tonight, I'm drinking diet. I'm drinking Aldi's brand Diet Coke. I'm down bad today. I'm down bad today. Last night, it sucked. I, I, I felt like absolute ass after that game. Just shit for a variety of reasons. I'll get into them throughout the show. But the one of the, one of the reasons going into the game that I was kind of, you know, I, you know this. I love watching football more than almost anything. But it's weird. I told my girlfriend this on the way over to the party. I said, I, it's weird. I love football so much, but I can't stand. I really can't stand watching it with other people. I don't know what it is. 
Now it's it, it changes depending on the situation. I love watching a game in the stadium, but that's a whole different ball game. Love watching a game with other diet diet. I mean, <laughs> Ronald comes in about the diet coke. I'm saying diet with other diehard fans. I love it. I I, I think I've said this uh, on here before, but my girlfriend's uh, side of the family and stuff. Uh, they're just not really big sports fans. So I, I, I love to gamble on the football games. I love it. I mean, especially when the Bills are out, it makes it that much more intriguing for me. It makes it that much more enticing to watch. I absolutely love hammering on the NFL. Love it. And the Super Bowl, of course, is the pinnacle of sports gambling. Not only is it Christmas Day when it comes to football, but it's also Christmas Day when it comes to sports gambling. So I had my fair share out on the line last night. So when that happens, I become a diehard fan. Now I had my I had my share of the the pie out on Philly last night. So I'm going nuts. And here's the here's the reason why I felt so shitty after this game ended. Because the first half, I keep track of all my bets on the Action Network. And if you looked at it in the first half, I mean I was on pace for a record night. It was unbelievable. It, it could not be going better. And that, of course, is the telltale sign that you're that you're screwed, because if it's going too well and it looks like it's too easy, 99 percent of the time, there's a reason for that. Everything went to shit in the third quarter, and then it just continued to just fall down the cliff. And then for it to end the way it did with all that in mind, it just was like the it was the salt in the wound. And I just felt like crap after that game because, you know, you you build up all year to this game. Now, whether your team's in it or not, and of course, our team's never in it. So if you're used to at this point watching the game from a perspective of, you know, picking the team you you hate the least, throwing some some coin on that team, rooting for. But the only thing we're ever really rooting for, especially us who are Bills fans for the majority of, of the audience in here, for us... Most of us are just rooting for a good game. I mean, that's how I am. I'm rooting for a good game. As far as starts are concerned, that game could not have started any better. Usually the Super Bowl, they're trying to feel each other out. These teams haven't played in two weeks, right? A lot of them are running completely different schemes than they have earlier in the season to try to throw off the opposing team, right? Throw them something they haven't seen yet. It's usually a lot of feeling out early on, and then the pace picks up. This game was the opposite. This game got right into it. Back-to-back touchdown drives. The Eagles chipping their way down the field, that opening drive, getting to the end zone with Jalen Hurts. And then the uh, the Chiefs answer right back, and they they scored quick. It felt like a couple of plays, tic-tac-toe. And then, of course, who else but Travis Kelsey in the end zone for the opening touchdown for the Chiefs. And then it kind of paused for a little bit couple of non-scoring drives, then they got right back to it. As far as the first half is concerned, the Philadelphia Eagles could not have played a better game. As far as the entire game is concerned, Jalen Hurts could not have played a better game if he tried. That was probably the greatest game at any level Jalen Hurts has ever played. I was blown away by what Jalen Hurts displayed out on the field yesterday. If you had looked at this stat line prior to the game, who do you think would have won? Patrick Mahomes, 21 to 27, under 200 yards through the air. I can't even remember the last time that's happened. I think his over-under for the game going into it was like 293, something like that. Under 200 yards, of course, the three touchdowns, but I think anybody would have anticipated Mahomes having two-plus in this game, regardless of the outcome. But 21 to 27, a buck 82 through the air. Jalen Hurts, 27 to 38, 304 yards, a touchdown through the air, no interceptions. By the way, no interceptions for either quarterback, which was impressive. I was shocked to see that there was not a single pick by either side with the way that these two defenses have been playing lately, or at least so we thought. I look at you, Philadelphia. And then on top of Jalen Hurts' passing stats, which were extraordinary, 15 carries for 70 yards on the ground and three touchdowns. Just an extraordinary game for Jalen Hurts, and it absolutely makes me sick that it's going to be completely overshadowed by the fact that he fumbled on a phantom on a phantom play. He wasn't even hit. 
He takes the snap. Looks like he's got a draw. That he, he looks like he's got a, a rush that he's going to um, pursue. Quarterback design run. And he just flat out drops the ball. Nick Bolton picks it up. Boom. And at that point, it was 14-7. The, the Eagles were driving. All of a sudden, it's 14-14. But here's why you can't put the majority of the blame here on Jalen Hurts. One, he's the only reason that game was even close to begin with. He was the reason the Eagles were winning that game all the way up until the to the uh, till halftime. He's the reason that game was tied 35-35. And he would have been far and away the MVP of this game if the Kansas City Chiefs had lost and the Eagles won. It wouldn't even have been a debate. It would have been the easiest selection of all time. They also had a 10-point lead at half after giving up that freebie touchdown to the Chiefs on that phantom fumble. People want to quickly go and blame Jalen Hurts for that loss yesterday. And now, now listen, I mean, uh, you, you can – you can fairly give a good chunk of blame to Jalen Hurts if you so choose to because of that fumble. But I rebuttal with the fact that even with that fumble in the first half, they still took a 24 to 14 lead into halftime. Jalen Hurts had four combined, uh, four combined scores, 70 yards on the ground, over 300 yards through the air. Nobody saw that coming with a banged up shoulder. I thought he played absolutely phenomenal. If anybody was doubted going into this game, it was Jalen Hurts because everybody had been talking about what? Well, yeah, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles, they're a great team. They're a great team. But are they necessarily great at quarterback or is their quarterback playing great because of what's around him? Everybody who picked the Eagles to go into this game and win were picking them based on the fact that they felt as though they were a better team collectively than KC. They weren't picking it because of Jalen Hurts. However, Jalen Hurts was by far the best player on the field yesterday, and he was by far the best player on the field for the Philadelphia Eagles. It wasn't the team in which everybody thought was going to be the difference, the Philadelphia Eagles, but it was actually Jalen Hurts who was the sole difference for the Philadelphia Eagles and the fact that they were in that game all the way up until the end. Now, if you're like me, if you're like a lot of people, you thought the big edge here was going to be the Philadelphia defense. They have been phenomenal. They were absolutely exposed yesterday in the second half. I cannot believe on back-to-back red zone trips, I mean, I can believe it because it's Andy Reid. And I think as Bills fans, we just get salty here because you watch extraordinary play calling, especially in the red zone. And you just see that the Bills never come up with stuff like this. They scored a touchdown on the exact same play, but they just flipped the side it was run to. And it was on back-to-back possessions. Kadarius Toney ran the punt. And this is another thing too. There's There were so many things in this game. The little things outside of, Bucker missing a field goal. It seemed like every little thing went the Chiefs' way, and it kind of piled up a bit. Now, they still have to earn it, of course, but one little thing you can't overlook is the fact that Kadarius Tony took a punt return back to the five-yard line. But they ran two consecutive red zone plays in which they just had a wideout. The first one was, I believe, I know the second one was Sky Moore, and I think the first one was Kadarius Tony. They have a guy on the outside. They motion him in, but instead instead of him completely motioning across the field, he just does a little curl. He, he does a little curl and pivots back out. So as he's motioning, he stops the motion. He goes back to where he came from. Mahomes snaps the ball immediately at that point, hits him immediately as he's breaking out from turning around from the motion. And I'm telling you, you saw it. You all saw it. There wasn't a defender within 50 yards of the guy. It's unbelievable. And Mike's coming in here saying, how the hell do receivers get schemed that open? And, and, we, and we can never do that. That's, that's what I take away. And, and that's the frustrating thing. Because not only do you see it working, and we're seeing it work with Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. And it just feels like there's never a play designed for Diggs to get that open, ever. I can't think of one. They ran it twice back to back and all they changed 
was which side of the field it was run to. And it worked. It worked the exact same both times. And on both occasions, it, you, you could not have ran a better play as far as if the, if the goal, which of course it always is, if the goal is to get the receiver wide open, I mean, can you, can you think of a better example than that? Holy shit. Wide open on the biggest stage against an unbelievable defense. Absolutely exposed. Wide open. Two touchdowns. I felt the biggest letdown in this entire game was the Chiefs' D front, or excuse me, the Eagles' D front against the Chiefs' O line. The Chiefs' O line. Here's another thing that just kills you as a Bills fan. We have we have seen throughout the the tenure of Josh Allen here in Buffalo, the the offensive line has been mediocre at best. It's been right around average. It has never propelled above the threshold of average. The Chiefs have essentially had to completely reshuffle the deck on their offensive line, and throughout the course of this season here, right. It went from an offensive line that we weren't entirely sure about to start the year to by the end of it in the Super Bowl, that wound up being the biggest difference. And I saw a great tweet yesterday, and I wish I could credit who I, I saw it from because I can't particularly remember who exactly said it. I think it might have been uh, it might have been Analytics Cowboy. I think that might be his name. Is a great follow on Twitter. He makes an argument as to why a lot of sacks are actually quarterback stats and not necessarily the fault of the O-line all the time, or they're not necessarily in, indicative of how great a defense is. Now, we know the Eagles' defense, based on a large sample size throughout this season, has been great. They did not sack Patrick Mahomes once last night. And Patrick Mahomes had an absolutely banged-up ankle that it looked like he re-aggravated pretty intensely before halftime. So what does he do? He runs for 44 yards on six carries. He was averaging over seven yards a pop. There was a run later in the second half where he took it. I mean, he's under pressure. He's got a hobble all throughout, you know, Dick, uh, Duncan, Dick and Dive or whatever the hell. He's got to weave throughout all these different defenders, and he takes it 26 yards on an ankle that barely works. And you're thinking to yourself, it's like, it's like, <laughs> And you, and you look at Mahomes' numbers, and I personally feel that yesterday, Jalen Hurts, he played better yesterday. I thought that he was the better player yesterday. But when it comes to the guy that has the Brady factor where you just are so scared of him winning the game, no matter what the circumstances, it is Mahomes, and that's the new reality here. We, we as Bills fans have watched that, we, or we did watch that rather, with Tom Brady our whole lives, where Tom Brady would just be the guy no matter 28-3 to three against the Falcons in the Super Bowl, right? Doesn't matter. We're still in it. We're going to win it, right? And he was that guy. And it just feels now, no matter the circumstance, last night, 24-14 to 14 at half, the only touchdown they scored was on their opening drive for the Chiefs offense. They got gifted one by the Eagles offense. Nick Bolton scores. The Chiefs put together seven points collectively on offense in the first half. Patrick Mahomes had just over 80 yards through the air in the first half. They had nothing. They were down 24 to 14 and to add insult to injury, it looked like he re-aggravated that ankle going into half and you're wondering if he's even going to be 100% going into the second half. Instead, they go out and they put together an absolutely perfectly executed second half with wide open receivers for touchdowns. They're running the ball like they, they like you'd think that they, that was their primary um, emphasis on offense. They were running the ball that well in the second half. And it's just that it's back to that. It's back to that factor where you're just like, it does not matter. Couldn't do a damn thing in the first half. Couldn't score. Couldn't move the ball. Right. Doesn't matter. Down 10 points and a half in the Super Bowl. Doesn't matter. The other offense, right, has A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Doesn't matter. I have to work with uh, Isaiah Pacheco, Kadarius Toney, Juju Smith-Schuster. Obviously, of course, Kelsey, we all knew would have a monster day, and he did. But it, it, it really is. It's just extraordinary. And a couple of weeks ago, I was having the conversation on here with you guys about why Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And I got a lot of backlash for it. I cannot believe, and I, I just, I, I, I understand that we all hate it. I hate it as much as the next guy. I actually hate it 10 times more than the next guy. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate it so much, but I can't lie to myself. Are you watching this? Are you watching this? 
three Super Bowl appearances within five years, five straight AFC championships, two MVP trophies, two Super Bowl trophies, two Super Bowl MVPs, and now he's the first quarterback or first player in over 20 years to win the Super Bowl and win the MVP in the same year. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And to do it the way they did it last night and to get, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that, that end, the ending of that game was horse shit. Bullshit. I would have had no problem with the Chiefs winning that game. They deserved it in the second half. I am not sitting here. I'm not just blindly hating on Kansas City. You guys know I don't do that. I just don't do it. Do I hate them? Oh, God, yeah. But that's just because I'm jealous. I have no hatred on them for being great. I just hate the fact that they are great. And it sucks for me to have to watch it. But last night, look, at, if they had to settle for a field goal there on that third down where Mahomes targets, who was it, Juju at the time? I can't even remember. I think it was Juju. Yeah, it was. So third and eight, Mahomes, they're right there. They're right in front of the red zone. They're right in front of the, uh, the end zone. Third and eight, Mahomes, lob pass, incomplete. And it looks like they're going to have to settle for a field goal on fourth down there until the flag hits the ground. Now, I understand. Hey, everybody's going to have their opinion on this. It was a hold. It wasn't a hold. And uh, look, that's the way that these things go. That's the way that these things go. <clears throat> go. Jesus. And I understand James Bradbury, right? He's the player for the Eagles who committed the hold. He admitted that he, he felt as though it was a hold. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Probably by the letter of the law, the law it was a hold, right? But how many times throughout a game, any game, whether it's the Super Bowl, whether it's just a regular preseason game, if you're going to go by the letter of the law, then there's going to be a flag on the, on the field every snap. And now I would understand if it was like Saints-Rams a couple of years back that wasn't called, remember, that sparked the ability to review pass interference that nobody wound up utilizing because the refs essentially boycotted it. They didn't overturn one, not a single one, and the NFL just got rid of it, right? Got rid of it. Um, I would understand if it was egregious, yeah, you got to throw the flag. You don't just swallow the whistle because it's the Super Bowl. But on that play, I, the, did he did he get a little bit of him? I mean, maybe, but you you gotta like squint to see it, man. And if you look at the throw, the holding, uh, the the whatever you want to call it, the grabbing of the jersey, it occurred before Mahomes even threw the ball, and that was a terrible pass. If 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 Juju Smith Schuster was just full full go, that ball was three four yards ahead of him. He threw the ball after the alleged hold. And I just feel like if you got that many people today, including Greg Olson on the broadcast, including Kirk Herbstreet, who tweeted out about it, who he's the biggest company man of all time. He never says anything. You got a million people today. Nobody would be saying a word today if it was blatantly obvious that that was a hold, except it wasn't blatantly obvious. And of course, every time that something isn't blatant, you're going to have people on one side of the fence or the other. In a game like last night, I'm sorry, but I'm the guy that thinks that there are certain calls that maybe you do call in a regular season game that you just don't call when the game's 35 all in the Super Bowl and you're looking at one of the greatest games ever played here. Because guess what happens now? Nobody cares about how great that game was last night anymore. What's everybody talking about today? The hold. Chia Chia coming in. Bradbury said it was a hold. I don't care what Bradbury said. I understand was it, a, by the letter of the law, a hold? Perhaps. Perhaps. But if I got to sit there and watch that replay, and I got I to gotta lean in and be like, oh, I guess I see it, right? Oh, I, I guess I understand. I'm sorry, man. If you're, if you're okay with that game ending the way it did last night based on that call, then good for you. That's fine. You have every right to feel that way. But that, and I don't feel, I would feel this way about anybody, Chiefs or not. Doesn't matter. We were looking at an all-time classic last night. Unbelievable game. Extraordinary. Everything you could possibly want from a Super Bowl. Every single thing you could possibly want. And nobody's going to care about any of that because all anybody's going to talk about is that hold, that last play. And to me, 
from what I saw on that play, it just did not scream, ref, you got to throw the flag. And I just think it sucks that that's how the game finishes. Now, of course, if you're a KC fan, I mean, shit, if that was the Bills, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hey, sucks. You know, hey, it sucks, man. Sucks for the Eagles. Sucks for anybody else who wasn't a Chiefs fan. I mean, or, or a Bills fan, right? I mean, that's how I would be. That's how I'd be. I'd be like, ah, screw it. Sometimes you win them. Sometimes you lose them. But as just somebody who didn't have a, you know, who just didn't really have much of a, a dog in the fight. I don't know. The Chiefs didn't have a single penalty called on them the whole second half. And I felt as though that the refs were, they, they had a great game, I thought. They weren't calling a bunch of unnecessary things. It felt like it felt like they were getting the, uh, the, the replay reviews done uh, in, in a timely manner and in a, in a correct manner. I thought it was a well-officiated game. And how many times do we say that? Not very often. I thought it was a well-officiated game last night up until that point. I just, in my opinion, it didn't feel like it's, it's so hard to describe. Because, yeah, I look like the idiot. I understand that completely. I look like the idiot right now for, for going out against the guy who actually committed the flag and then admitting that he did commit a flag. Yeah, I get it. Right? He said it. And, right? I mean, the, the guy who did it said it. It must be true, right? But in my, the way I see it, and, and, and the thing is, I know it's not just me. I know immediately when I saw it, I thought it was bullshit, right? But then you got Greg Olson on the broadcast, and you don't think, I mean, they don't want that. They don't want, they don't want you getting all controversial on a broadcast that's got 150 million people watching. But there were plenty of big names coming out after that one saying how much of a bullshit call that was. And I'm just saying, I understand, hey, somebody's got to be the beneficiary of it, and the Chiefs were, and congrats to them. But I'm just saying, even if last night, if that was the Eagles and, uh, I don't know, the Bengals, if that was the Eagles and the Dolphins, I really don't care. I don't want the game to end that way is all. And it's, it's, it's ironic, too, because you'd think the NFL wouldn't want the game to end like that either, right? You, just, you, you wouldn't think that they would want that. Because what they put out on the field last night, the product on the field was so extraordinary. It just sucks to have it overshadowed by the by something like that. Um, and I'm I'm not one to think that if a call is blatant, you just swallow it because it's the Super Bowl. But I am one to think, I am one to think that if it's a ticky tack, go one way or the other call, you don't call them in a game like that. Because it just felt, did it not feel, and, I, and this, this is obviously not going towards, I see some Chiefs fans in here, by the way. Hey, congrats. Seriously. Like it, must, it just must feel, it must feel fucking amazing. Honestly. It really just must feel so good. I mean, the run right now, I can't even imagine how great that's got to feel. I just can't. But did you not feel, outside of perhaps if you're a Chiefs fan or whatever, did you not feel like, a balloon that had that had grown in size throughout that game, a hot air balloon of incredible football was popped open and deflated because of that play. That's how I felt. Um, but, you know, with that said, do I think the Chiefs probably still win that game? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Everything was going their way in the second half. You got to give them all the credit in the world. I mean, they came out, look, look they, they, they didn't have much going for them in the first half. It really makes you wonder what would happen. Really makes you wonder what that game would have looked like had Jalen Hurts not have fumbled that ball. Because we're looking at perhaps 24 to 7 going into half, right? Um, the Chiefs just on offense did not look like they were on the same level as the Philadelphia Eagles looked in that first half yesterday. But there was just something, I, I mean, you got it. Just, it's Andy Reid, I guess. It's, it's that, and this is back to the point I made a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about Patrick Mahomes and why all of the outside factors, including and in addition to the way he plays, are what makes him so great. Not only is he so good as a quarterback and as, you know, as it is talent-wise, but what propels that to a whole other, other level Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, 
an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Is having Andy Reid at your disposal. And we saw that on full display yesterday in the second half. As I mentioned earlier, in that second half, Andy Reid dialed up two free touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes in the red zone. I mean, I, I'm talking, I could have thrown that, that ball. Anybody in here could have thrown that ball. There's not a soul in here that couldn't have done it. But that's what happens when you got the guy who's able to run it to perfection, and then you got the guy who's able to scheme it up to perfection. They absolutely deserve to win that game in the second half. It, the crazy thing is it, it, there's, there's not a whole lot to complain about, I would say, on the side of the Eagles from, I would say, a coaching perspective and then a play-calling perspective. I think that the Eagles defense was a letdown last night. Absolutely. I expected more out of the Eagles defense, especially knowing what they were going to be going up against and finding a way to be able to mitigate Mahomes' ability to move around the pocket. Then again, however, it's getting to the point now where you just have to wonder. I mean, outside of what Tampa Bay did him did to him in the Super Bowl a couple of years back, has anybody really mitigated it ever? I don't think they have. I don't think they have. The only time I've ever seen Mahomes get dominated was in that Super Bowl against the Bucs. Um, I've, never, I've never again seen a defense as good as the Philadelphia Eagles defense was. I've never seen another defense just exploit Patrick Mahomes and win the day. And it felt like last night, especially with Mahomes being banged up going into it, especially with the wide receivers being banged up and Travis Kelsey's back being banged up. Uh, it felt like the Eagles might have an upper hand there. And man, I mean, not even close. They, they didn't, they didn't come once. It's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And you'd think going into that game last night, as far as defense is concerned, that the Philadelphia Eagles would be the, have the much larger upper hand. I mean, the secondary for Kansas city is incredibly young and outside of Chris Jones, there isn't anybody I think up on that defensive front that, you look at that just blows your mind. But of course, out of both defenses, Chris Jones is, is the best defensive player. But yesterday, even though it seems, or it seemed rather throughout the year that you would easily take the Philly D over the Chiefs D, Kansas City's defense was better yesterday. In the second half, they did enough to get it done. In the second half, they were able I mean, you weren't you weren't going to stop Phillies D. They still put up or Phillies old. They still pulled up, put up thirty five points. And I thought Jalen Hurts was phenomenal. I mean, he was a he was a tough stop last night. And and my God, the wide receiver play last night, the wide receiver play last night from the Philadelphia Eagles, hundred yards from Devontae Smith, ninety six yards from AJ Brown. Dallas Goddard had two or three of the best catches of the night last night. I understand what you're saying here, by the way, Brandon, saying Kansas City's defense was not better. You could easily make the argument on either side. I felt later in the game when it seemed like, you know, somebody, it seemed like it was going to go one way or the other. One of these units has to make a difference. It just felt like, look at Philly had 24 points going in the half. They put up 11 points in the second half. Kansas City's D stepped up. They allowed 11 points in the second half. They forced Philadelphia into a, a field goal later on in the game when Philadelphia was getting down towards the uh, outskirts of the red zone. All those things matter. All those things matter. And the crazy thing is with that young secondary that I felt Jalen Hurts kind of picked apart a bit. A couple of deep balls to Devontae Smith, that gorgeous deep ball to A.J. Brown for a touchdown. They just didn't have that magic in the second half that it felt like they had in the first. And you obviously knew they were going to have to continue to pile on points to win. And you put up 24 in the first half and you wind up with 35. There's your difference right there. 
I mean, shit, the Chiefs went into halftime with 14 points. They scored, I mean, they the game was, a, right there, is it not, it's, it's flipped. The game was, the game flipped. The first half was all Eagles outside of the miscue from uh, Jalen Hurts, right? If you look at it, as far as offense versus offense is concerned, it was 24 to 7 Eagles offense versus Chiefs offense in the first half. You go to the second half, right? It was 24 points Kansas City, uh, Kansas City's offense and 11 points Philadelphia's offense. Essentially a complete 180 in the way the game was played. And it's funny because the Eagles have been a terrific, just unstoppable first-half team all year. That's exactly what they were yesterday. But you got to give all the credit in the world to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. They just The composure those guys have is extraordinary. They never let themselves get down. They never let themselves get out of it. And they took full advantage. Took full advantage. Uh, Richard coming in saying the Philly defense did not show whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I was just completely, I was, I was shocked and disappointed from the Philadelphia Eagles' inability on defense to have a real impact on that game. They were just, they were as average as, as anybody else would have been. There was nothing special about that Philadelphia defense yesterday, and they had been a special defense all year. Um, and, and, and then the other thing here, too, is, and this is another credit to the Chiefs, um, to be able to go into that big of a game and not turn the ball over is just, it's absurd. With all the pressure on you going against that defense in that type of environment, to not turn the ball over is a hell of an ask. And, that, and they didn't turn it over. No picks from Mahomes and no fumbles by anybody else. And the, and the thing is, and this is, this is what's crazy about games like this, is that it's just, it, it, it's so, it's so um, predicated on so many little things. Or sometimes not even so many, sometimes just a handful, right? The only turnover that Philly had wasn't even necessarily forced by Kansas City's D. I mean, Jalen Hurts just made a really bad mistake and dropped the ball. But, but I'm one to think that that out of everything, it just, I understand that's the big takeaway when you want to harp on why Philly lost, but they still, I mean, right that next drive, they got the ball back and went right down the field. They went right down the field, didn't skip a beat. And they maintained that 10 point lead going into half. Um, it was just the second half. They did not seem to have that magic. And you look at the Chiefs in the second half, I just, I don't know how you could have really played a better game. I don't really know how you could have, you could have schemed it up any better in the second half. Um, and this is kind of a roundabout, you know, follow-up to the, to the whole penalty thing. I, I can't take anything away from Kansas City. They absolutely deserve to win. When I'm bitching about the penalty, I'm bitching about it simply due to the fact that I just felt a game of that magnitude and of that excitement level in a game of just that stature and the way it was played, it was extraordinary. It just, it sucks that that's going to be the, that's going to be the, the main highlight of that game. I just think that that sucks. Um, Brandon Katz coming in here talking about Nick Sirianni mismanaged the clock after Smith's uh, turnover. Listen, I, I gotta, I gotta stand up for Nick Sirianni. Uh, that dude's got balls the size of uh, the spy, the spy, the, the Chinese spy balloon that was flying over America a couple of days ago. I mean, that dude's balls are, are, he looks like Randy Marsh in that episode of South Park where uh, Randy wants to get pot. So he gets testicular cancer and he bounces around on his balls all over town. I mean, for Christ's sake, how many fourth downs did they go for? And, and that, and that Jalen hurts QB sneak with lining guys up behind him. It's like the most automatic play in the history of the NFL. Um, but let me take a look here. I lost count of how many times they executed a fourth down conversion. Really? Huh, it says only two, but I don't know if that counts getting, uh, that doesn't count getting Kansas City to jump offside on one of them. Man, I would guess more than that. Hmm. This is an interesting stat that I'm looking at here, though. It, this is wild, actually. Um, Kansas City not only never had to go for it on fourth down, they only had eight third downs the whole game. Four of eight. Philly had 18. 
But that just goes to show you kind of the way that the Eagles operate. They operate on first and first through third down with the with the notion that they're just willing to go for it whenever. But Sirianni, like early in the game, he went for it on fourth and five at like midfield, and he didn't even think twice about it. They ran the ball on third and seven, gained a couple of yards, and boom, off to the races. Wow. Yeah. Good call. Who, who just mentioned this? Someone said, look at uh, first downs. Who said that? Delusional Patriots fan said, <clears throat> look at first downs. Yeah, so Eagles had 25 first downs to the Chiefs, 21. But the wild thing is, is that the Eagles faced 10 times more third downs and also had to go for it twice on fourth down to get to that margin. The Eagles also ran 70, 72 plays to the Chiefs, 53. Outgained them on offense by almost 80 yards. They had two more drives than the Chiefs. Well over 100 more yards passing. Wow. And they had 11 more minutes of possession time. Crazy. And that, to me, was the biggest, like, wow stat of the first half was the uh, difference in possession. I think at one point, wasn't it like, wasn't it like 23 minutes to seven minutes in favor of the Eagles possession time? Just crazy. Wow. But you look at just a couple of things here. If you look at this stat sheet, you'd think a lot of things would favor the Eagles, but it's the little things that were really the difference. The Chiefs were four for five in the red zone. The Eagles were three for uh, three for five. Defensive special teams touchdowns, one for the Chiefs, zero for the Eagles. And then, of course, that was off the turnover. One turnover for the Eagles, zero turnovers for the Chiefs. I mean, right there, that's your, that's your ball game. You know what was remarkable about the Chiefs yesterday that I don't think anybody saw it coming was their running game. Who would have thought they would have outran Philly in that game? Because Philly's been running the ball on everybody. You'd figure that would have been their strong suit. I would never have guessed in this game that Jalen Hurts would have far more passing yards than Patrick Mahomes, yet the Chiefs would have more rush yards than the Eagles, and that would be their, their kind of key to victory. Man, it, it just it took a lot of weird things to happen for the Chiefs, but that, they're just that team of destiny, man. They're just that team of destiny. They just always find a way, right? That's it seems to be the case. They just find a way, man. <sighs> Must be nice. Oh, so I, I I get on I'm watching the game last night. By the way, yeah, I see that the my it says my Wi-Fi is at one. I don't understand this. By the way. If you look at my uh I do the internet, like the internet speed test. I just got a new thing installed in this room too, to uh, like amplify the um, the internet. I don't know what the hell the, the the deal is, but I'm sorry about that. We're gonna be finishing up in a little bit, anyways. Um, but one thing I wanted to talk about. So uh, I'm watching the halftime last night, and I'm thinking this is pretty good. I mean, I'm a big Rihanna fan. I love her. She doesn't have a bad song. Rihanna's great. And I'm like, oh, no, no kidding. She's, uh, she's pregnant, too. Good for her. She's singing all the classics, all the old school, good Rihanna songs that I like. I'm like, damn, this is pretty good. And nobody in the, that I was with had anything bad to say about it. And I'm like, all right, this is pretty good. And I get on Twitter, and everybody hates it. Everybody hated it. I'm like, really, what am I missing here? I mean, I thought it was pretty good. She sang all the songs that I like. I mean, it was pretty good. It didn't seem all that long. There was no gas, which I thought was weird, right? But then my girlfriend was like, we, we were hanging out today, and she's like, you know, I didn't think it was that bad either, but she goes, I want you to watch this. And we rewatched the Katy Perry halftime show from a few years ago, and then I was like, oh. You know what I think it was? It wasn't that the performance by Rihanna was bad by any means. It just wasn't like over the top. And we wa- we rewatched this Katy Perry performance, which I just, I guess I completely forgot about. Holy shit. I mean, that was like off the charts. 
the theatrics was insane. Insane. And I was like, man, I guess, I guess it was a little just, it was a little bland. But I had a tough time complaining about it because you want to know why? I don't give a shit. To me, the Super Bowl halftime show, it's like, whatever. I think that's there for all the people watching, the millions of people watching who just don't give a damn about the Super Bowl. I just don't think they really care. And so what they do is it's a huge marketing. You know, it's, a, it's a huge ability to do the, uh, you know, so somebody will sponsor it. Like last night was Apple Music. Typically, it was usually like Pepsi or something. It, all it is is one gigantic commercial. That's all it is. And I, for one, could barely, I could care. I can't remember a single commercial from last night, too, either, by the way. Can't, I can't think I remember a single one. I will say, though, uh, I know that they ran this last night. I didn't see it last night, but I have seen the trailer. That Nike movie coming out about Phil Knight with Matt Damon and uh, uh, Ben Affleck, that looks good. That looks good. I haven't seen a movie trailer in a while, of course, other, other than uh, Cocaine Bear, obviously. That's going to be a – that'll win an Oscar, too. But outside of that, I haven't seen a movie trailer lately that I'm like, man, I got to see a, I got to see that movie. You know, I got to see that. I got to check that film out. Been forever. That movie I'm excited about. It's been a long time. It's probably been since like Spider-Man uh, No Way Home that I've been like, excited about a movie. Stoked about that. One. Um, look, and I know the Wi-Fi is kind of shitting out here and I apologize. I, this is unbelievable. I just bought a $50 damn thing. It was working fine the last several shows. I'm paying for the best internet you can, that money can buy in this damn shithole. I mean, what the hell? What more do I got to do? I, I got the extender in here. I bought the, the extra gigabyte thing. And, and the thing is, like, it, when it's working, it's working. You know what I'm saying? I just did the internet test. Your internet connection is, is fast. Your internet connection should be able to handle all this. <laughs> it ain't handling a whole lot right now. Pissing me out. Now Rich is saying I'm back to normal. I don't know. I got to see I, when I do my streams here, there's a little thing that'll pop when your internet's kind of taking a shit. And right now, mine's saying connection is unstable. Yada, yada. Annoying. I apologize. Um, anyway, though, final thoughts. I am going to try to forget about that hold because I know it bugged me. I know it bugged a lot of you guys. But, man, if you kind of take that away and just say the Chiefs had won the game without the need for that, or not that they needed it, I think that they, I do think they still would have won the game. But say that that didn't happen to make it seem as though that's what propelled the Chiefs to win. You take that out of it. Man, that game was just incredible. That game was incredible. You had phenomenal quarterback play. You had extraordinary coaching. You had some amazing highlight plays. You know, not every, uh, not every Super Bowl, especially even like, you know, like last year, but like it was just kind of boring. Not every Super Bowl has uh, those highlight real plays. There was a handful of them yesterday. Uh, I thought it was great from top to bottom for the most part. And it's just unfortunate once again that it had to be uh it had to be a Chiefs dub. I mean, I wonder what that I wonder like it doesn't that doesn't make you wonder. Like, what do you think Josh Allen's thinking to himself when he's sitting at home watching that? It's gotta you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we sit and watch it as fans of the Bills, and we're just like, God, this sucks. Man, imagine if that was us. You know, I wonder what it feels like to actually be, you know, the, like like Allen, who's constantly being, um, you know, being weighed out. His talent and his success is constantly being weighted against Mahomes. I, I just wonder what that's got to be like. You scroll up here. I got a super chat. <clears throat> From my man, James, James coming in saying, congrats to KC, top-notch organization. Yep, no doubt. Defense no longer wins championships in the modern NFL. You need a brilliant offensive-minded head coach and the QB to match. We have the QB, but not the coach. See, I would, I would agree with you on most of that. The thing is, though, I feel like it all just depends on the, on the circumstance. Like last year, you know, I thought the LA Rams defense is what won that game for the, for the Rams in the Super Bowl. Felt like that was... Uh, that was the deciding factor last year. Also, I'm pretty sure, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know. Never mind. It felt like last year, though. It felt like the the 
it felt like the Rams offense wasn't good enough to win that game solely on their own. I feel like if, if the, if their defense wasn't as top tier as it was last year, it just felt like the, the Bengals might've had an edge there, but that defense for the Rams took advantage of that banged up kind of, you know, less than stellar. Well, that's putting it lightly that, that really inadequate offensive line for the, uh, the Bengals. And they just kind of went to town with it, you know, <clears throat> Uh, Topper saying under 200 yards in the Super Bowl is great. I mean, th- that's the crazy thing. You, you can't base Mahomes' game last night off of the the yards. I-, I can't believe the yards didn't tally up to more than 200. It felt like he got there. He just didn't. But he, he they were put in a circumstance. They were running the ball really well. I mean, in the second half, they were just kind of doing what they had to do. It wasn't necessarily, and that's what sucks, right? Because with the Bills, if the Bills were to win a Super Bowl like that, right, in a game like last night, it would have to be a stat line for Allen that would be, I don't know, 35 of 52 for 425 yards, no turnovers and four touchdowns last night. You got, you got help from everyone else. That's what I was talking about a couple of weeks ago. When you look at Mahomes uh, and just kind of how su- the successes happened for him this year, especially with the departure of Tyreek Hill, it's felt as though, they've had the ability to take more off of his plate while also allowing him to be as good as he is. With Allen, it just feels like the plate gets heavier and heavier and heavier. You know what I mean? That's the problem. Like, it, it, it's always it's always Josh Allen's got to do it or it ain't happening. It kind of felt like last night, and, and you saw it on display, it, Mahomes had 182 yards, and this Chiefs team damn near put up 40 points. They got different ways to do it. They got different ways to do it. Scrolling through the comments here. I don't know who Kung Fu Tuna is. If you're referring to me, you must be new here. I mean, that's why this, that's why the show's called the smoke break. <clears throat> kind of, it's kind of a play on the fact that, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you're new here. Thought I'd clarify. Love that, by the way. It's been a it's been a while since we've had anybody in here getting on the voice. It's been a minute. Usually, everybody's used to it by now. Kind of takes me back to the old days when I first started. When that's all that anybody ever said, ever. It's like all the comment section was. So I don't know if you guys remember that. Like way back in the day, it's like all it was. That's funny. Um, Just scrolling through here. I mean, I, I wonder where this will rank too, about as far as like all timers are concerned. I think that the, I think it, we've had a couple of stinkers over the last couple of years. When you think about it, I didn't think last year's was all that exciting. Obviously, the Tampa Bay one against the Chiefs sucked. This is about as good a Super Bowl as we've had in a while. Probably I'm trying to think. Probably as good as it's probably as good a Super Bowl as we've seen since the last time the Chiefs were in it, or no, the the second to last time the Chiefs were in it against uh, the Niners. That was a good game, but this game, I mean, that Niners game couldn't hold a candle to this one. This this game had everything. I still can't understand how Jalen Hurts fumbled that damn ball. It's funny. It's like some of these guys, like these athletes, who are just extraordinary at the highest level. You don't turn the ball over all game. The only mistake you make is that you just like flat out drop the ball. It's wild. Is okay, so Kung Fu Tuna is new. Man, there's no way you're a Bills fan. He's just in here clowning on me and the Bills with a Bills profile pick. It's a good it's a good strategy. I gotta give it to you. You come in here with the Bills profile pick, you get everybody on your side at first, right? And then you just start digging. Start getting into it. Richard saying you didn't think the game was all that great. Hmm. What didn't you like about it, Rich? I'm trying to think. I mean, outside of of course the Chiefs winning, nobody really liked that from our standpoint, right? Outside of that, though, what didn't you like about it? I'd be interested to hear about that. 
Oh, Chris says he's in TD's page. Oh, I love that. That's Troll City over there. Kung Fu says he lives in Kenmore. I don't know where the hell Kenmore is. Where's that? I don't know what the hell that is. <clears throat> well, now the, now the shitty thing is that it's uh, now it's February 13th. And, and it's just like, this is the worst time of the year, man. This is the worst. I'm not an NBA guy at all. I'm not an NHL guy. I mean, this is the worst. This is sports purgatory for like the next six months. And all it's going to be, and, and then the only thing we have to hold on to, right, is the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl and the Bills getting their ass kicked. And it's all, all offseason, it's just going to be a lot of Bills need to do this, Bills need to do that, right? The new thing out this week, I guess, is that um, the new thing out this week, I guess, is that Jordan Poyer said that he has not been contacted by management yet, which is funny because I could have swore a couple weeks ago I saw an article saying that it looked as though Poyer was going to reach a deal with the Bills or something like that. But Poyer said himself he hasn't heard anything. That's interesting. I think that when we look at Poyer's situation, uh, I think a lot of us are understanding of the fact that there's a good possibility, a very good possibility, that he is not going to be back with this team. I think everybody would love to see him back with this team, of course. Um, but that, to me, is more of a time-will-tell type situation. There's a lot of aspects at play here throughout the offseason that you wonder, you know, when, when, if and when that's going to play into the cards for these Bills. It's going to be an interesting offseason, and I think it's going to be – it's going to feel underwhelming, I, I think, because last year's offseason was so extraordinary, right? Everything about it was great. We loved it. It was exciting. And not only was it exciting because Bean was making moves, right, and you go out and get Von Miller, and, but it was exciting because you had all of that pent-up excitement based on how the season ended. Yeah, it sucked the way they lost. You lose to the Chiefs 13 seconds, of course, but you felt so confident going into the next year. The reason why I feel like this offseason is going to be just, it's going to feel very underwhelming. I feel like we should get used to this. It's going to feel very underwhelming because, one, there's not nearly as much excitement based on how good the Bills are right now. It's just, it's just the truth. And I doubt we see that big splash move like with Von Miller. I just don't think that's going to be in the cards. There's too many other guys to take care of right now. Poyer being involved in that conversation. So we shall see. But I got to tell you, man, I need a break from all this. I need a break from talking about ball for a bit. Last night, after that game ended, I just kind of sat there and I was just like, damn. Like, it all just kind of hit you on it. That's the other thing I think that just sucked about when that game ended. It kind of hits you like a ton of bricks. Kind of hits you like an absolute slap in the face where you're like, not only did that game end in a way that you kind of thought was kind of sucked, right? Not only did the Chiefs win it, but then you just get hit with that sudden realization that football's over. And it just all comes crashing on you. So here we are. We got, what, two months till the draft? It'll be an interesting two months. It'll be interesting. Starting next week, we'll get into some different stuff here on the smoke break. We'll be talking about a bunch of, you know, a bunch of the stuff we're talking about right now. What the deal is with, for the, uh, with the Bills, what they should do, what we think they're going to do. You know, we got so much stuff to talk about, and we'll be doing some fun different stuff throughout the offseason, too, so that'll be fun. But tonight, just wanted to come on, ran a little bit about the Super Bowl, see what your guys' thoughts were, and, uh, and that's what we did. So I appreciate you joining me. As you do each week, and I look forward to spending the offseason with you. Uh, got a lot in, uh, in store, doing some stuff behind the scenes, too. Right now, we're in talks. Uh, me, Rico, uh, Pierre, Rev. We got some stuff planned that we want to do together that hopefully we can share with you soon. That's going to be fun. But we got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline that I think is going to be um, refreshing and much needed for this offseason. Because like I just said, I think this is going to be a bit of an underwhelming offseason compared to what we had last year. So we got to keep it fun. We got to keep it fresh. Um, and that is what we're going to do. So until next time, until next week, thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the game. Congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs. Good God. Ah, enjoy the rest of your week, folks. Go Bills.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 